Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I'm your host, Ryan Gerard. And oh, I- shit, I just gave my last name. Oh, well. Well, now everybody knows your last name. My name's Rick. We'll find out my last name, not today, but sometime in the future. And yeah, welcome, everybody. Uh, we've had a short hiatus, a little longer than a week, I guess, since we've recorded our last podcast, but still been doing plenty of bike riding, maybe some bike racing, and enjoying the sweltering hot summer in Wisconsin. Yeah, turns out we get summer here. Yeah, it's been a weekend of 90 degree heat. We get a lot of highs and a lot of lows, yeah. but it doesn't like to sit in between there. I don't think there's many places where it's, yeah, it can get below, you know, negative 10. And then in the summers, we hit, I think, 94 degrees was the high on Sunday. Oh, I think it got with, a little bit higher than that. Yeah, but. crazy humidity. And it'll get hotter this summer, too. Yeah, today was... Yeah. Uh, 92 or 93 yeah it's yeah it's 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 so weird because you spend all this time riding indoors and i i was on on the the gram today scrolling through and i saw people in our area riding like you know posting that they're riding the trainer inside and it's like man we spend like four months out of the year like completely inside riding the trainer it's like i don't care if it's like 100 degrees i just can't do it anymore you know just got to be out in the heat, enjoy the summer. So if it's 100 degrees, are you an indoor rider or an outdoor rider? No, I'm still an outdoor rider. I'll, I'll throw like some ice in my uh, in my jersey, maybe uh, freeze my bottles and just kind of prepare for it, take some electrolytes with me. But, you know, I handle the heat pretty well, though. I'm so actually a big fan of hot rides. You, Which is kind of surprising because... Okay. Anna, Anna is so, here too. Anna's in the room. Uh, she glared hi? at me yeah. for, for that. <laughs> That's because, well, I've been on rides with you when it's been like 40 degrees and you've got like uh, no knee warmers or leg warmers. You've got maybe some arm warmers and like definitely no cap or anything. And you're just like, yeah, I'm cool. Well, see, okay. The reason Anna glared at me. I'm Ryan and I'm hot blooded. Was because <laughs> I just raced in the 95 degree weather this weekend in a two hour and 20 minute race. <laughs> it does not suck how, so. And then it enjoyed it too much. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Well, well, I we'll, enjoyed racing. We'll get into how you did later, but if you want to share that, but for, well, you, did, should, okay. you, you weren't at the front of the race, no. which is such a weird thing because people at the front of the race, they have the shortest race, and then everybody in the back mm-hmm. is always racing whatever time that's projected plus, you know, yeah. zero to 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah, so yeah. Minutes and, you know, the thing is, too, is the guys at the front of the race, they're pros. Yeah. So, you know, they're putting out the same effort as I am. Yeah. They're just going faster. And you didn't get you didn't get lapped. No. So no. if you were if you got lapped, your race would have been shorter. But like you yeah. were you were on the the long side of the race for for most of the people out there. Yeah, and uh, we had sixty people start, only forty five finished because there was all all the other ones uh, dropped out. Yeah, we were actually watching a little bit of footage from your mm-hmm. GoPro earlier, and yeah, you were just pointing out, oh, that guy just got off his bike, yeah. just pulled off. This guy just got off, pulled off. So. Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's it's hard to relate to because I do mostly road racing, but I mean, you guys go pretty slow on the mountain bikes at some points. Yeah, you know that one, and that one, and stuff. Uh, that race was a lot of climbing, and that's why usually it's pretty fast. But that 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 uh, race was mostly climbing. Oh yeah. So it was a lot of just grinding up the hill, just constantly. They just sent you up the hill, down the hill, up the hill, down. The, I think you, I went up the hill like seven times. Oh, each yeah. lap. That I remember. Yeah. So like I said, we were watching a little bit of your video, and it looked at points like you you were just 
going like three miles an hour. Yeah, it, these, it was a lot of climbs. I mean, smallest, standing still. Yeah, it was a lot of those easiest uh, ring I had. I think I had like a 34 or 36 in the back, and I was in there a good amount of the time. But what I was saying about hot riding is I enjoy just riding out in the heat. Not so much racing in the heat, <laughs> but I think going difference. out, going out on a nice ride when it's really hot out, get some nice tan lines, enjoy the nice weather. I'm all about that. I like I like road racing or like crit racing in the oh, heat. Oh, crit racing is the worst. Well, you're going so fast, you don't even no. Like, oh man, you're, you're getting like so. I, so I I always notice it. Like if I'm doing like a race or a group ride, the second you stop is when you feel the heat. Yeah. But when you're just racing, you're getting so much you know wind and air that's being blown at you. Unless it's like just ungodly hot, then it's hot air getting blown at. Yeah. Last year I towed. Excuse me. Last year, Toad, I remember a few of the days. One day was like 93 degrees. And during the races, that was like all I could think of was like, oh my God, it's so hot. Yeah, but I think that was partially because you were in the sun, like setting up stuff all day. You worked the crew. So not only did you race in the heat, but you were literally in the heat all day. I was in the heat. Yeah, Yeah, I was in the heat all day. So we've got, you know, that's a really good topic uh, racing in the heat. Why don't we talk about Yeah, let's talk about racing in the heat because we have some races coming up. Like we mentioned, Toad last year. Toad is actually starting this week, the Tour of America's Dairyland. Mm -hmm. Starts on Thursday. One of our favorite favorite races i'll be racing saturday and sunday which is in grafton and waukesha ryan you're going to be racing your mountain bike this weekend yeah so i was originally going to race grafton yeah and then drive to eau claire and race the mountain bike race Mm -hmm. but after this weekend i decided i'm not going to be able because i'm focusing on mountain bike this year to get series overall points and i realized if i race a hard crit race on saturday I'm not going to be able to perform well at all on Sunday. I would say if you took like the entire week off, you could probably do that. It'd be like a good opening workout. Yeah. But you probably want to get some training in this week. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm not peaking for this weekend. So yeah, I, it's, you know, you, I kind of consider this still, I'm still training. So you still keep progressing. Yeah. The races are pretty expensive too. So like you, if you come to like any of these bigger races, they're a really good experience and they're a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But I would never never do them as like a training race. Yeah, and that's why uh, that's why I decided I'm just gonna do instead of doing I was gonna do one this weekend, one the next weekend. Mm-hmm. I decided next weekend is just gonna be dedicated to Toad, and yeah. I'm gonna do well at those two races next weekend. Yeah, and the next weekend is gonna be uh, the Downer Avenue Classic, which is mm-hmm. one of the best crits in America. It's, it's a just classic, classic it's four corner, classic four corner. It's a party. There's the infamous Downer Supreme, which yep. can be somewhere up like around six thousand dollars for the pro race which is absolutely this year, nuts and oh, then oh, this year um they got a new venue janesville yeah janesville and they put up uh i think it was five or six thousand dollars for a men and women's preem wow that's ridiculous yeah i mean ridiculously awesome i hope so they got like two or three super preems this year and that's that's the kind I think of another place has super preems too yeah you get some really really fast riders you get some of the best riders in the country coming out to yeah. these races just for the super preems i mean that pays for that pays the bills for them for you know good chunk of time yeah i gotta look up what day janesville is because this is a new venue it's a new venue it's a, it's yeah. a drive from I, milwaukee too i, I want to say and yeah you're looking this up so i want to say it's the wednesday but yeah confirm that. i thought it was a random day too and i was it, like why would they it's during the week i think why would they schedule something like that in the middle of the week you mean like a new venue well, uh, I get a new venue, but why yeah. would they put up a Supreme on a random Wednesday? 
Hey man, it's uh maybe it's to get well, pros to show up. And I think the Super Prime is generally uh, done by like a sponsor. So I know for Downer, I think Ben Cycles is like one of the big sponsors that puts up the money for the Super Prime. Yeah, I read on that one it was some donations. There donations was some organization yep. there who did like a whole um, donation th- uh, thing. Yeah, we'll see. Schedule. And then the day after Downer, we're going to be racing Tosa as well. June so, 26th. June 26th. Which is a... Yeah, I'm going to bring that up. It might be a Tuesday. I know I know. West Bend is Monday. Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. Yep. So Tuesday, June 26th. Yeah, if anybody's in Wisconsin, and if you ever want to go to a toad race that's south of Milwaukee, Janesville would be a good one. It's a new venue. They got the Super Prime, so it's going to be a really good race, too. But... So yeah, so that's the Janesville venue. We talked a little bit about Downer, and then Tosa is going to be Sunday. We're both going to do that race, uh, which is in Wauwatosa, which yep. is right outside of Milwaukee. Another that's, four corner crit. That's a tight four corner crit with that a, one's slight, known, a slight elevation, slight gain on the the backside, and then you kind of drop into the the mm-hmm. finishing stretch. That one's known for having a long finishing stretch. It is. It's I a think huge it's eight hundred meters. Yeah, uh, I thought um, it was eight hundred meters. It's a drag race, and yeah. it's really it's a fast finish too because the final corner is actually downhill. So you and it's come wide and it's, too. it's a wide downhill corner, and you come into it just really, really fast. So it's a fun mm-hmm. finish. It's really exciting, and that should be a good race. Yeah, yeah. But we can talk more. So this is a that's a good segue. So we'll talk a little bit about you know if you're racing crits, uh, maybe road races. We'll talk about too. How do you stay cool for those versus racing mountain bike races? Mm-hmm. So let's start since we're on the topic from before mountain bike races what is what are your tips to stay cool during a mountain bike race so at wars races they offer um water drop uh stations and we should so before you even get into that we should kind of uh like note that for a mountain bike race so they're longer races yes for you it's going to be between an hour and a half to maybe two and a half hours depending on the course Mm -hmm. you're going your general speed is lower uh, 10 to 12 depending on yeah. the course you're in the woods and you can take feeds yes. from people on the side of the course and anna is a wonderful soigneur you know it's it's not an easy thing to hand off a water bottle it's not, properly it's not effectively i'll tell you what she does do a lot of things for me before and during the race yeah so i don't have to worry about it yeah and you it know, really helps for mountain bike races you really need like yeah. somebody there to be a sport crew she had a uh, a cooler water back a water uh backpack mm-hmm. that she, and she got all my waters prepared for me i had like i had like seven waters with me i think i went through four I went through four water bottles during the race. I think two before the race and okay. one after the race. Wow, Anna. You, you have to be filled an extra one during the race for you. Yeah. Because you're taking the last yeah. one. Yeah. So, okay. Well, we're crushing it. Good job, Anna. Yeah. And then getting, the, getting you through the race. That's really the only reason that you finish is because <laughs> there. And then they have water stations. They okay. had two. They usually like have water stations. Two. Yeah. So, at this race, they had two. Yeah. One at the top of the hill, one at the bottom of the hill near the finish. And uh, what I would do is... I would go by and they had like kind of, they had, you would have like five or six people and I would grab uh, a cup from the first person, throw it on my back Mm -hmm. then grab a person, grab one from the last person and throw it on my back. So I had cool water on my body. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. By the end of the race, like I had like water in my shoe, (laughs) but if it seriously helped so much just to throw water on your neck. And when you put, so yeah, I think what is that? The, the evaporation effects, I don't know science, but when you put, even if the water's not cold, getting water on your body as it evaporates, 
it's lowering your body temperature. So yeah. it, it actually, even if it's not like ice cold water on your body, it still cools you off. Yeah, you and this is ice cold. Yeah, so, and so that's super, so even better, right? Yeah, so I did that twice. I did that twice every lap, so I did it eight times. And that really helped probably keep your core temperature down. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. So yeah, and yeah, with, with, a, with a mountain bike race, there's especially like a, a shorter cross country race, there's mm-hmm. only so much you can do like mitigate the heat yeah. effects right? and then and then uh i tried to do a, a bottle every lap that's yeah that's a you good pretty much all your yeah i was surprised when they got tossed in there empty. and mm-hmm. kind of what i was saying in one of our last podcasts take a extra moment to on the, like on the open double track instead of just hammering it take an extra few seconds to get water and food in your body because mm-hmm. if i was not doing that during this race there's no way i could have finished yeah, I mean, when you're exerting yourself that hard, and that's a big difference too, like you're constantly exerting yourself in a mountain bike race, like you have to like keep your temperature down, you have to like keep the food and the, mm-hmm. the drink coming because you're not going to be thirsty. Yeah. Like you, I'm sure you didn't have thirst. It was just, or maybe you did, but like. I was pretty thirsty. You were, you were drinking more than you probably wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, at some points I was forcing it down. Yeah. Um, and then during crit races, uh, Stay out yeah, of the sun. We'll talk about crits now. Well, let's start off, okay. too, with kind of, like, general differences between a crit race and a mountain bike race. So, yeah. obviously, for a Much crit, shorter. Much shorter. So, you're, if you're a pro, it'll be an mm-hmm. hour and a half. Uh, amateur elite, it's going to be, like, an hour. Minutes. For, like, a cat three, three and down, even a cat two and down, it might be, like, 45 or 50 yeah. minutes. So, I try to stay out of the sun as much as I can. And then um, I take water with me. Usually more like a half bottle of water. Yeah. And then I'll actually use that to spray on myself as yeah. well as well as take a drink. Now, when you spray yourself, do you spray your... Like, where do you spray? My neck. You? But down my, my neck. neck. Yeah. yeah. And so that's a really good... Because, yeah, you really need to keep, like, keep hammering that point. But, like, keeping mm-hmm. your core temperature down is almost just as important as drinking water. Yeah. Um, and I'll do that, too. You have to be a little careful that, like, when you're spraying yourself... Don't mm-hmm. be sure like you're actually spraying your body because if yeah. you're riding, if somebody's yeah. riding behind you, you'll start to spray them or like you'll get water in their face. So always try to like keep the water like coming down your own neck. Yeah. And one thing you don't really think about is that it's a skill to take water during a crit race. Yeah. Some people I've, yeah. I mean, if you're not a good bike handler, if you can't corner that well, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to basically be able to quick take a drink of water and like as you're coming into a yeah. corner you know put your bottle back and then get ready or even hold on to it like on your handlebars while you you go through the corner and maybe like kind of drift outside of the pack a Mm -hmm. little bit while you take that that turn take it a little bit slower if you have to and then just shove it in and kind of get back in your position yeah and during a hot race i i like to even have two bottles on my bike even though i'll never bring two bottles even if our races are only 50 minutes i just I have one bottle, and maybe I, I might ditch one towards the end of the race, but uh, I mean, a bottle's so light, I don't really care. Yeah. And I don't want to get rid of them, but I'll, I'll always keep a bottle. I'll keep drinking one bottle, and I'll usually keep another bottle to, like, spray on myself if, in case I'm okay. getting really hot. Yeah, because even during my hottest races, I'll only bring half a water bottle with me. Yeah. Because even though, like, you know, I'll only have maybe i'll only grab it maybe twice in a race. It's it, They're pretty short races, yeah. and yeah, like we mentioned, it's not like you have... A lot of time to mm-hmm. really like chug those bottles um it's more of a last like uh like a last resort for me like if i yeah. really need it i'll take it but I, ho- I hope i don't need it 
and what I like to do actually with that other bottle is depending on the course. So some courses are, are technical and you're gonna benefit by getting on the start line early, which means you can start closer to the front of the race. You don't have to waste a bunch of energy moving up. If it's like a really, yeah, if it's a technical, lots of corners. Like downer? Like, well, no, downer is actually, just, it's, it's you want to be at the, Well, you just want to be at the front at downer. Yeah, well, at, for most crits, you want to be at the front, but like, I'm trying to think of, okay, like Waukesha. so Bayview. Oh, Bayview, Well, okay. Waukesha changed this year, but yeah, 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 Bayview is like full of corners. It's quite hard to move up and make mm-hmm. up spots, and if you do, you're going to use a lot of energy, and staying in the back, there's like a near hairpin corner yeah. so in those races you're basically and and you're baking in the sun if you if you kind of sit by the start line to mm-hmm. get a good spot so i'll keep a, a bottle on my bike one of those bottles i'll just be drinking that on the start line i'll spray myself down on the start line and something that i think we should do if it's going to be really hot these next couple weekends we're going to have a couple guys there we should really have like some coolers with some ice socks in them yeah so like on the start line you just put an ice sock in your pockets and that's gonna keep you nice and cold right before the race goes. Take the ice sock out, or you can even leave it in too. I mean, mm-hmm. depending on how much, if it's melted yet or still have ice. Yeah, that's true. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, that's what we should do. Huh. What? Uh, I guess you haven't. Have you ever ridden a mountain bike race? Yeah, you have. We've done a mountain bike race together. Well, that was that was Wems. It was a Wems. Yeah, no, I've never done like a uh, award like race, a individual cross country race. Huh. No. No. Interesting. So that's that's on my like I guess things yeah. to do this year. Yeah. So what what's your what's your training like for the next uh, two weeks here with um, Toad coming up? Yeah, for the next two weeks, um, I'm still putting in some some decent volume. So is this your peak of the year? No. Um, I I had like a bit of a weird start to the season. So for Toad, I'm definitely. So I, I, I work in like three-week blocks where I take three weeks of training and then I take a rest week. So Toad Falls in a pretty good spot where I'll still be training pretty well through this week into the weekend, the first set of races. And then next weekend I have a rest week. So I'll be pretty rested for Downer and Tosa, okay. which are, which are you know, races I'd like to do good at. But And then the next weekend, so I'm not doing a ton of Toad races because the next weekend is the state championships. I want to do pretty well there. And then I'm actually doing the entire Intelligentsia Cup Series. So, oh yeah, that's right. You're working. Yeah, so that's that's kind of a, a series. Since I'm doing all the races, I'd like to do pretty well there. And okay, um, that's kind of like I guess you could say my peak. But for the season, I really the way I approach seasons, I don't necessarily like to like peak yeah. for one event. Yeah, I really like to. I'd rather stay like ninety to ninety, mm-hmm. and maybe go up to ninety five percent and do a ton of races rather okay. than like really killing myself to like build a huge huge peak and then kind of after that you need to rest and really need to like take some time off so mm-hmm. i mean i do that at the end of every season but yeah that's just kind of the way like i approach seasons okay yeah i uh kind of going off that i like because i i'm peaking like beginning of august mm-hmm. like how my plan is but I, I set it up so that i would be peaking at the end of my mountain bike season and then the last few races of my mountain bike season i'm like peaked mm-hmm and then I'm going to kind of kind of focus on a good base again and then kind of do a half build and a half, kind of more just do a build mm-hmm. to finish off cycle cross season. That's what's kind of nice about what you could call the second peak. Yeah. Is that you really, you just don't need to do as much work to pump the fitness back up. Like you're coming mm-hmm. off of like a lot of fitness. I'm kind you, of, you kind of just need to take a little bit of rest, do some like base work. 
and then really you've got like a pretty good foundation right there. Yeah, I figured I would focus more on almost getting like two base seasons for next mm-hmm. year. So doing like a solid base at after I peak in August. Mm-hmm. Kind of carrying that out until like November and then doing just like a month of build. And then like in December I was going to take like a few weeks off of just like maybe doing a few workouts a week but just to stay in shape just to keep my fitness but I'm not going to do anything like insane. I'll, I'll probably do like maybe like two sweet spot workouts and like one like tough workout just to keep the fitness you know just to maintain and stay in shape. Yeah, I think Wisconsin's kind of weird because, I mean, there's some people that do, like, a whole season of cyclocross, but, so, for those people, that's basically what they're doing until it's too crappy to ride outside, but for everybody else that their season's done, like, I'll maybe do a little bit of cyclocross this Mm -hmm. year, Um, but yeah, you get done with racing for road, like, at the very latest, pretty much a Labor Day weekend, and... people still ride and train like quite a lot going into October and November because I mean the weather gets so bad that it's like you might as well like get as much fitness as you can before Mm -hmm. you're relegated inside on the trainer for however many months yeah now I like I liked how uh I didn't start really building fitness or even training last year until January yeah I think that's a good way to go about it I think everybody needs you know at the time I thought like man I'm really starting this really late Mm -hmm. because road race our um crit season starts in like two or three months yeah but right now i'm like super happy because at the beginning of the race season you saw a lot of people who were like peaking at the very beginning of racing yeah and now it's like you went past them that's what's always so interesting about like racing in areas where the weather is so crappy because you get people that are typically doing like a ton of training inside on the trainer and they start to like get antsy so they start to like really incorporate a lot of high intensity and doing a lot of race stuff and yeah like the people that are were winning the races in april are typically not maybe maybe they like stretch their fitness out to june but that's i i'm on the same page like i think when you live in a colder climate and race season doesn't start till like april at the earliest like you really shouldn't be like killing yourself in january or february Mm -hmm. you should really like feather your fitness out you know like you should have workouts that you don't hate your like you look forward to doing because who wants to be burnt out in june yeah right when like the weather's super nice who wants to be like oh i need to Mm -hmm. like take a break off the bike yeah like i was riding on the trainer too much in the winter so i can't ride in the summer yeah like my trainer road workouts when i first started off like the first like two weeks it, I had to get used to that intensity again. Yeah. But then, like, after that, like, I could finish the workouts completely. And, like, I felt good about myself where I was. And I was doing two-hour workouts, completing them completely. And then I, I felt good. And then I saw my fitness, like, just skyrocket. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm a big fan of you should kind of train. I mean, if you have, like, a really specific goal, there's some boxes that you have to check, right? But, like... You should kind of train to how you're feeling. And what I mean by that is, like, if you want to ride a lot in the winter, ride a lot in the winter. But if you don't want to ride a lot in the winter or you you feel like you need to take time off or, you know, like you come to January and you just feel like I don't want to start training until February. I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, kind of kicking that fitness can down Mm -hmm. the road. You know, like the season's long and unless you have a, a like a big goal in April or May. You know, like, there's just so much time in yeah, the season. Uh, it's good that you brought that up, because I was actually listening to a podcast today. Mm-hmm. It, actually, I was going to bring this up anyways. It was a new, like, cycling podcast yeah. I heard about. 
Bike Racing Weekly, and where you where we talk about <laughs> podcasts on our podcast. But, no, but no, uh, this sorry, podcast had uh, Geraint Thomas on it, and they talked to him about his how he did in the uh, Criterium. Don't forget, yeah, yeah. And uh, they were talking about how he's getting older now. He's like thirty two or thirty three, uh-huh. and they're talking about like you know you're getting older. How do you how do you feel about where you're at and how there's so many young guys? It's like well you know I took like a bit of time off the road for to focus on track cycling for like a while. It's like, so to be honest, like I feel I am 32, but because of the time that I kind of, uh, went away from road cycling, I feel like I'm 28, you know? So, and then even Peter Sagan always says like the reason he, he's honestly, he got so good is because he just loved like racing, like riding and racing so much. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with Nino Scherter. Yeah. So, so to take anything from there is focus less on how fit you are in the moment and how are how much are you enjoying it because if you enjoy being on the bike and getting better and racing and stuff the the fitness is going to come with that yeah i think it's that whole um you know motto don't see the forest like you know see the the don't see the trees for the forest don't see the forest for the trees um i think you know what i mean though like look at the big picture (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's it's just it takes so long to like build like that foundation of fitness you know yeah i'll go on group rides once in a while and ride with these guys that are you know in their 40s and 50s but they've just been riding for and not even necessarily huge weeks or huge training but they've just been doing it for you know decades right they've been riding with the same buddies and racing and like they just the reason why they're still there is because they were just consistent right they didn't kill themselves they didn't ride when they didn't want to and they're like they're so strong right they just go and ride on the front and just like sit there forever mm-hmm. and you think about that and it's like you know these guys didn't do that by following some crazy six-week plan to get super fit you know they just they just rode and they were consistent and you know if it was raining and crappy outside and they were tired you know they didn't ride their bike because if they were if they were to go out you know not have fun come back and they have to clean their bike and you know like they're maybe get sick it's like that's the kind of stuff that like derails you and like harden up rick oh my god i hate when people say that five i know i used to be like when i when i first got into cycling i was like oh this is so cool it's like such a hard man sport and it is like you got to be super hard but you got to know when to like rest and when to to kind of go with the flow yeah i always hate when people say like oh you got to train in the rain it's like well i don't i don't race in the rain if I see it's going to rain, I don't pay for a race. I'm not going to pay $35 to be miserable. Yeah, it depends on who you are. And That's true. Yeah, right. So, like, you know, if you're getting paid to race. For sure. You no, know, if you're even getting, I don't know, I disagree with that. If you're getting no. paid to race in the rain, you're probably a pro. Yeah. But if you get sick, you know, you're, if you know, like, if you train a lot, you, your immune system's not that great. So, like, no, you're going to get sick if you train in the rain. I don't know. Very few times you should train in the rain. I think, I think I training actually, in the rain is stupid. I actually like training in the rain when it's like, really hot when it's really hot because it's like you're training in a hot shower yeah yeah i've had those days i'm not gonna lie i've had those days where it's been super hot out lately it's like riding in soup yeah then just a little bit of like a like a drizzle or something you're like oh man i need this right now yeah that's not bad i don't mind that Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't i don't go out when it's you know march and it's 30 degrees and like it's sleeting it's like no that's dumb yeah (laughs) I'll i'll do something else there's quite a few people that do i've talked to uh yeah it's pretty good. Yeah, I've talked to a few people who are like Cat One, Cat Twos, and they say, "Oh, I'll I'll ride four hours no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's snowing, I go ride." You yeah, know? yeah. Five thirty a.m. 
Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah, I mean... I'll ride in the cold. They're I mean, there. I'm, I'm not opposed to riding in the cold. Yeah. I just don't want to get wet. I mean, there's a difference between, like, I'm so committed that I'll, I have, like, training I have to do, and I'm going to do it no matter what. You know? I mean, if you're if you're a pro, you know, you work to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. How many years do you think it takes for somebody so, like... Like a normal person? Well, yeah. No, no background? So that's really... it's. Isn't that an interesting question, though? Because... It depends on your background. I think yeah, I like, think a lot of people who, like, skyrocket through there, they come with some sort of background. There's no one off the couch who went from Cat 5 to Cat 1 in yeah, a year. So, like, for most people, so people that don't start as a junior, how long do you think it takes to get from... To start as a Cat 5 and eventually... Not even Cat 1. We'll say Cat 2. Okay. How many... Uh, I think it depends on how many hours you're doing. Let's say like we, eight to twelve normal. Eight to twelve, I think you could do. Um, let's let's well, say I guess we I should think, start with that. I think twelve hours a week. If you're super dedicated, yeah. twelve hours a week, probably um, to cat two level, three years. Yeah, I th- yeah I think um, super dedicated like racing every weekend. You have like three. Like so it depends. Hardcore yeah, like it, dedicated. It, it, that's such an interesting question because I've known people that have trained like less than that and they were a cat. To sometimes what's, even what's a cat, their background? Yeah, you know? did they one. race cross country in high school and yeah, some part of college? They, well, yeah, they've always had. It some makes a kind huge difference. Yeah, that's having true. that big aerobic energy, you know, that's mm-hmm. it's kind of like they have that aerobic energy. Now they just need to bring their their uh, anaerobic energy to meet it, mm-hmm. and that's honestly probably easier than building like that that because they have that yeah. base is what I'm saying. I'm I'm kind of convinced that what you did. When you were young, and this, there's like absolutely no science behind this, but this is completely anecdotal. An- yeah. Anecdotal? Is that the, that the word? Anecdotal. Anecdotal, yeah. Um, like what you did when you were younger determines how or what kind of cyclist that you like kind of turn out to be. I so agree. So, for example, example, I played soccer like basically since I was eight years old. Like I'd do like seasons all through the year. Like I'd play club teams and then I played high school. So I was playing all year, and that's like it's there's kind of an aerobic component to it, but it's mostly anaerobic. It's short sprints, it's here and there. But I mean, like you're you're I've seen soccer practices before because they practice right next to us when yeah. I was playing football. They ran a lot. Half their practice was running. There's like always the conditioning blocks you do, but like once the season starts, oh, it's yeah? basically just you know like drills, sprints. There's not a, there's not like it's not like go run five miles. Oh okay. So like and that's kind of the more I think about it, like that's the kind of rider I am. Like I don't have a like a massive sprint, but I'm punchy. Like I punch. Yeah. I, I I can like go again and again and again. I'm not really like a, a really like strong time trialist, but a lot of the people that I've known that were cross country runners, on the other hand. Like when they were in high school or younger, all it seems like almost all of those people are very like, like aerobically gifted. Like yeah. where they they're really good like sitting at threshold, kind of like time trial style riders. Um, anybody that I've known that's some really power sports, like anybody I've known a couple of people that have done football and rugby and gotten into cycling, they all seem to be really good sprinters. Yeah, see that just, that's my background was track and. Uh, football yeah so you and you have a good sprint yeah that makes yeah. a lot of sense right you did power sports for your mm-hmm. entire adolescence and yeah yeah i used to be a weightlifter so a lot of those uh like quick you know like explosion yeah explosive um, explosive movements right yeah, explosive like you can movements. generate it with your hips and stuff like yeah that. yeah yeah it's yeah i always i always think about like everybody's different mm-hmm. and it's just so interesting how like people you know some people can train 
consistently like 10 plus hours and never make it past like I think it, a beginning cat three. Or, I think it depends on what are you doing in those 10 hours. Yeah, 10 hours super hard is very different than 10 hours at a, a like a moderate pace. You they think, always say you should either be going super easy or super hard. Anything yeah. in between is not really doing anything any good for you. Do you think anybody that's... Um, these are just random questions I always think of. Do you think... <laughs> Like, so say anybody, yeah. right? Anybody that's like in pretty good health, not overweight, or like has like any kind of issues, do you think anybody can go from like a cat five to like a cat two? In how long? Doesn't matter how Doesn't long. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Any, anybody, that, yeah. I kind of th- yeah. feel that same way. Well, yeah. what? how old are they? 20? Let's say. Because that's a little bit older. Early 20s. Early 20s? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, that being said, you have to be pretty dedicated. Like, yeah, like you jumped true. into this and you're hardcore. Like you know? yeah, you're doing you're doing very yeah dedicated. Yeah, I, I could I could see yeah if you're doing consistent twelve hours a week. Yeah, you. That's a sure. lot of time for most people. Yeah, and I mean if, if I mean at least five years you could probably be at least a cat too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd agree with hours that. A week. I think because this is the it first just takes year. a long time to to yeah. build that that aerobic base. This was the first year that I really put like consistent hours where uh-huh. you know all my uh, weeks have been at least above eight usually like nine or ten lately and i mean i can feel a huge difference Mm -hmm. so if i was if i bumped that up to 12 hours a week like that that would be significant but you know 12 hours a week is a lot that's six six days a week for two hours every day yeah or you could think about it as you know let's say you do seven hours on the weekend and then that's still 12 hours five hours during the week so there's like a two-hour ride in there a one-hour ride yeah two-hour ride but yeah it it is a lot for like, and we both have full time jobs, mm-hmm. and I think that's been interesting, like figuring out how to balance riding with working. And I'm pretty lucky. I have a, I, I am too, yeah. I have a five minute drive to work, uh-huh. and I get off at four o'clock, so I can be on my bike by four thirty. And I have a relatively flexible work schedule. Mm-hmm. Like I did one of the days last weekend, I did like a three hour ride before work. I yeah. just left my house at six and then got to work at nine. And that's I, was, nice. I thought about that, and I was like, you know, that's pretty nice to be able to do that Mm -hmm. i find that in the summer that's like when it's so it's so weird because when summer rolls around it's race season so you're really not riding a ton and then um like this one the weather's nice though it's so easy for me to like do early morning rides and like after work rides but like it's when my volume should be relatively low yeah just kind of weird to me i always think that's such a paradox when you should be doing a ton of miles and a ton of riding is in the winter yeah i think that's kind of the the theory of you already put the work in so use what that what you've put in already yeah. to just kind of you know sharpen the the edge yeah we've had a lot of ramblings on this podcast yeah that's I, fine i think it's, it's kind of nice want. it's what the people want yeah yeah you keep it light right yeah keep it and, light and it's shaking your head she's probably bored to tears of these dumb but, conversations oh, well speaking of training i mean uh so i'm taking my uh, fitness test again tomorrow okay good segue by the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie uh don't feel great my legs my legs hurt from yesterday okay. so um i'm kind of just going into it I mean, I, I don't have high expectations or anything of, I don't even know if, I mean, I might get close to where I was last time and just be like, my legs are just gone. So and, why are you doing a fitness test if your legs hurt? Uh, you know, I was kind of thinking about it. Uh, I don't really have another time that's really good. I, I took a day off today. 
I have a practice crit on Wednesday. I'm doing a hard training ride on Thursday. Uh, next week, I'm going to be just as sore. So mm. I, I was like, might as well just give it a try and have zero expectations. If I can get through it, I'll get through it. If I can't get through it, I'll just keep the FTP I have for another few weeks. If anything, I'll you know I'll, I'll bump it up a little bit if I can't get through the workouts. But the workouts I've been doing are all VO2 max anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, they're so hard and intense that most of the time, like, unless I'm, like, pretty fresh, like, I can't get through uh, the intervals anyway. So, so it'll just help me get through the intervals. So, like, so if you take a fitness, then you're expecting it to be lower. No, I'm just seeing if, because it, if, it's if, really, I, if I will be higher. If it's really hard right now and it's higher, then you're definitely not going to complete the workouts. Well, uh, so... I would just kind wait. of what they I, right. I would wait to take your test. Well, so <laughs> usually you want to take it after a rest week. Yeah, I did have a rest week last week. You just but raced. I raced at the end of the week. Oh, okay. Well, I did. Uh, oh, I didn't know you had a rest week. Yeah, I had a rest week, and I still had. Um, I think I got ten hours in on the bike last week, including okay. the race. Um, I rode with Anna a lot. Oh yeah. So Anna got a big weekend too. Nice, nice. But we're gonna be flying by the next weekend, <laughs> Anna. So, but. So I, I'm kind of going into it to see, like, if my FTP is higher. Because, I mean, even the trainer row guys say, like, you might not get... These are really intense intervals. If they're 80 seconds long, you might only get through 60 seconds, mm. you know? Do you think but, eventually they're going to figure out, like, how to, like, deduce your FTP from shorter and shorter time periods? Like, pretty soon yeah. it's going to be, like, 20 seconds. All right, go as hard as you can. Well, I mean, they new have FTP. the new... Um, Ram I mean, test, yeah. No, they have the new... Uh, training um what is it called they they track they track your training you know based on your tss maybe they're going to be able to anticipate like what your new ftp is based off of the the work you've been doing in the past few weeks there's a there's a couple um training softwares it's so interesting so trainer road was kind of the first i think training software maybe sufferfest yeah there was like sufferfest but uh, like i'm talking about real softwares where they're interacting with like your your threshold 10 and a half hours um, last week i think there i think it's called exert where you basically uh i don't know science and training things how they do it but as you're riding, essentially, like, continuously modifies your threshold, and that's about all I know about it. I know one person that uses it, and he says he likes it a lot, and mm-hmm. it's pretty accurate. I don't exactly know how, but it's kind of neat where you really don't do much testing, or I don't even know if you do any testing. Essentially, it's just always continuously, like, modifies your fitness and knows where your threshold is. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind of the tough thing with uh, Trainer Road is... They, they are pretty good at um, because they ramp up your training every week yeah so it's you don't it's almost like you don't feel like you're getting better but you don't realize that every single week they add a little bit to your workouts yeah so you're just kind of going through the workouts and you're like man these are still hard just as hard as the first week but just then, a little more but then you look back and you're like oh that that workout back my first week I could do that no problem nowadays but you you know so it's yeah, kind of whether nice. it's more intervals or it's longer periods of time at the intervals yeah it's always they, adding stuff yeah or like they might so in like some of mine recently they it was like seventy seconds at one hundred twenty five and then the week next week they did like eighty seconds at one hundred twenty five yeah so it's it's stuff it's small things like that there's a certain amount of like tss that they try to bump up every week to keep you consistent where it's not too much but it's still pushing you Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, um, it's called their... I have it up right now. Their... Um, is that the... They don't have a title here. I forgot what it's called. Perf- is it the performance, performance manager chart? Yeah. Performance tracking chart? Performance tracking. They okay. have performance tracking. Which, the thing I love about that... I use. I like training peaks. I like using training peaks, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing about that is it tells you your, your max or your highest power at every single duration you could think of. Which really? is kind of weird. I don't know why Training Peaks doesn't have that. Yeah. So like I've always wondered, you know. So Training Peaks will tell you like your five second, your one minute, your five minute, your twenty minute. See, I don't Sometimes like those. I want to know what's my two minute or see, what's my like ninety second. Well, see, like for all that though, unless like I actually like test at like what's my highest five second mm-hmm. power, you know, I don't ever really know because like I only have a power meter on my mm-hmm. trainer, so like my you, yeah. five second power is only what I've like a 15 second interval you I, know? I did the test so I had to do the test like last year for my all four of those metrics I think it was four right did I say four um, and I could do the five so I did the five minute and the 20 minute on my trainer but then for the one minute and the five second I definitely did that outside because there's no way I was going to do a max effort sprint on my trainer I'd rip it up or, well I'm not that strong but like, you know it's just not good for your bike to do that in the trainer you yeah know, like really cranking on you know carbon you know frames and stuff like that and then even the one minute too like if you ever do an all-out one minute like it's basically a sprint you're just yeah really hammering it out yeah um there was one day like a year ago Casey texted me Casey's like, been a former podcast guest as yes, well. You Casey might remember him from a couple couple weeks back. He texted me and he's like, "Dude, in the uh, the weight room, they're doing a uh, the swim team is doing like a a bike challenge. Who can ever cover the most distance in like a minute or a minute and a half? It's like I'm at the top right now. Try <laughs> go and try beat and beat me." <laughs> And I'm like, Wait, he's not on the hilarious. swim team. How do you get no, in there? The swim team was hosting it. Oh, they were hosting. And they just had like a, a stationary bike, was like it? one of those like normal gym oh, yeah. ones you would find at yeah, a gym. Yeah, yeah. And it was you, they just pressed the timer and they saw how f- much distance you could cover in like a minute and a half. Yeah. And he's like, I'm number one. Can you beat me, <laughs> dude. That's... So, but I was at work that day and Can, it was, couldn't uh, go take a spot. How long? Uh, was I would have beaten him too. I know I would have beaten him. Yeah. So that's a shout out, Casey. Um, I forgot. Got, I forgot what you won too. I don't think it was much. It might have been like a gift card or something. Oh, okay. But you won all the pride of, of oh. University of Wisconsin Whitewater. Yeah, call it a preem. Yeah. Well, what time are we at, Ryan? Uh, we're we're at for forty-two. Okay. I got we'll, another. I got. Yeah. Another well, one. let's talk about some more stuff. So, um, I recently, I actually saw it somewhere where they were talking about going to watches instead of bike computers. Okay. And the big reason for that is you can you don't have to change it out between bikes. Yeah. It's always on you and you can use it for multiple things. So like I commute to work. I can easily connect just press go and then when I get to work, I can connect it to my phone and upload it as a yeah. commute ride. It's super easy. I never have to take it off my wrist. I don't have to, you know, I don't need to worry about putting my computer from my road bike to my cyclocross bike to ride to work. Is it? Um, the, sorry, I don't mean to the, uh, the mount doesn't fit on my mountain bike because the stem is too big. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, too, if I did put it on my mountain bike, it'd probably fall off because those things aren't that sturdy. Yeah. So, that, you know, so they had just like all these reasons where it's just like all these things that are wrong about a bike computer are just easily solved by a watch and they cost the same as a cycle, a bike computer. Is it waterproof? Yep. 
Okay, and do you think, I guess it's hard to know, right? Like, so I know DC Rainmaker, he's like a, a popular tech blogger. Yep. He'll do like comparisons on these kind of things with actual heart rate monitors, but do you feel like it's pretty accurate? Yeah. And what's, I mean, the, what's the brand of this, by the way? This is a Garmin VivoActive Gar- heart rate. And how much did you pay for that? $150. Okay. It was $100 off. Cheaper than most like low quality bike computers. Yeah. It was $100 or $150. It was $100 off because this is last year's model and they discontinued this model. Okay. So it was like on clearance. Um, so, and it's super simple. On, so when and that's what I was looking for. I don't want like a ton of data. So like during my mountain bike race, all I had was distance, time, and um, distance, time, and speed. Yeah. You know, and I didn't like that was perfect. So yeah. every now and then I just look down what time am I? What time am I at? You know, I don't really care about distance or like my speed because mm-hmm. it fluctuates so much on a mountain bike. But if I know my time, I know kind of where I am at in in the in the race. You know, yeah. I know like. All right, at 15 minutes, I usually come up on this hill, so I kind of know my pacing, you know where I'm at, how if I if I'm keeping consistent lap times. You can also use that as like training stress tracking too. I know uh-huh. it's not like exactly as accurate as a power meter for like really high intensity efforts. Yeah, but you know you can still get like you know if you're really into like tracking your your training stress score or mm-hmm. any kind of metric like that, you can still download it into Strava and the training peaks, and it'll give you a value. It's called heart rate TSS. Yeah, you know I tried uh, I tried oh I also tried downloading one of those fatigue apps. Oh, uh, HRV, right? Yeah, yeah, heart but, rate variability. But yes. you can't you can't download that without um disconnecting like your connection with um garmin garmin Mm. so i was like that's just too much i've used it before for a little while but so the reason why i don't keep using it is because i just got tired of um like putting a heart rate strap on in the morning oh see this has a heart rate monitor well yeah exactly so like if that was the case i wouldn't even mind right so like i would just like hop out of bed connect it to my phone Mm -hmm. look at my hrv which is heart rate variability it's without getting into it too far or too deep it's basically an estimate of how fatigued you are yeah specifically like your central nervous system yeah so if you have a high heart rate variability it actually means you're really well rested mm-hmm. and if it's really low it means you're fatigued yeah and so that's kind of the nice thing is that this does a four hour uh heart rate um analysis analysis so it gives you a low and gives you a high and then gives you the your resting heart rate in those four hours and then it gives you your current heart rate yeah so like when i woke up this morning like i could tell i was super fatigued because my resting heart rate while i was sleeping was at like 60 yeah what is it normally it's closer to like 39 or 40 really it's really low. it's pretty low wow yeah like uh, right now my my lowest heart rate when i was just laying on the couch today was 39 okay so so you're well it got down to 39 yeah, I got so, down. So, so you're it's, starting to recover. Yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely starting to recover. Like at work today, I kept looking at it. And it, was, <laughs> it was always between like 60 and like, 80. Get lower. <laughs> now I'm just like sitting at, in my well, chair. Well, then you stress out about it and it starts to go up and you keep stressing yeah. about it. And so it's like, I can, why won't it go down? Yeah, so I could definitely tell that I was fatigued today. So like tomorrow, I'll see like where's my resting heart rate at? Is it mm-hmm. If it's a little bit more back to normal, I know that I'm recovering well. If it's yeah. still at the... 60 end i know that i'm still pretty fatigued and my test tomorrow is going to go pretty bad yeah that's like yeah i think it's interesting you kind of with the heart rate stuff you kind of get into some of that woo like central nervous system restfulness and that's 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 a big reason why a lot of people don't recommend training in like uh 
kind of middle intensities is that it elevates your heart rate and triggers a stressful response in the body and kind of like elicits like uh, higher levels of cortisol whereas it's kind of viewed as like not as hard as like high intensity but easier training will typically not elicit like such a stressful Mm -hmm. response I don't know. I think that stuff's pretty interesting. Yeah. And I mean, this, so this you watch, see like you can kind of see like what your response is to training, right? Yeah. Like you go out and like, if you like are hammering it and you can't elevate your heart rate, it's like, okay, like I should probably back it out. Yeah. Back it down. Yeah. And then the great thing about watches too, is that this is a low end watch and it's like perfect for me. I wanted like a simple watch. Yeah. And this was, it's very sleek. It's yeah. you, dare I say minimalist. It, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Very, you know? it's just literally if, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously nobody can see this right now, but it looks like a small black. Brick. It's like a large Fitbit. It's I didn't even. It's like a thicker Fitbit. That's why I didn't like Fitbits actually really? because they looked like a bracelet, and I was like, Yeah, I want a watch, not a bracelet. And this is just like a thicker version of that, essentially. Does it count your steps? Uh yeah, but I don't. Because you don't can really talk care. with you can talk with Sharon over the coffee machine at work about how many steps you guys are getting every day. Oh, Anna loves talking about her steps. <laughs> Anna, do you have a Fitbit? Are you putting your Fitbit? Oh, you, she's got Anna, the older version Anna's, of my watch. Anna's. I don't have the heart rate one though. I had to take off my that looks like you have so Anna's got the smallest hands most people would not believe how small they are but uh, this watch looks like huge on her and I put my wrist up against it and I'm like oh it's actually kind of small <laughs> yeah so but for like $150 it's pretty nice if you if your price range is like in the $300 like if you're getting a $300 bike computer that's not out of that's not insane yeah. you can get a really nice $300 Garmin watch and that even this watch like i it does um it does running biking swimming golf rowing uh downhill skiing cross country skiing indoor running indoor biking rowing and you, you can, you can do it, it all man and you can connect it to your phone too yeah that's pretty cool. I'm I'm actually probably gonna get one because so, you yeah. got me sold on it. Actually, to be honest, like now that I got this, I noticed like everyone has this watch. Yeah. And um, I think it was like Cycling Magazine or something called it like the best like bike or watch for cycling because it's just cheap, simple, and it's now now it's I'm hyped. Easy to start and stop on the bike too. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm now I definitely want one. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Only this is just a giant bucks. Garmin ad. <laughs> Garmin sponsor the podcast. Yeah. Throw some money for all that. I think that's like a thousand dollars for that five minute spiel. Do you know what's fascinating? Now we're getting like completely off cycling topics. Is people that make uh, that are like YouTubers and um, well, back when Vine was a big thing, like Viners, how much money they would make for like brand deals and shouting really? out. Really? Oh my god, it was ridiculous. Like people were making fifty thousand dollars for like a six what? second Vine. Oh yeah, my god! Crazy, crazy. Um, I just I don't really. Well, watch. I know. I'm pretty sure like YouTubers get like. 10 cents a view yeah well so those people that get like five million views yeah. every single video are make that's like how they make their money do you want to know how small the cycling scene is and like how like in i want to say it's insignificant but not in a bad way cycling is compared to like just everything else so like if you go on and look at a popular youtube person like not even in like the most popular they'll get like maybe a million watt like hits on a video right I go and I f- like find the cycling personalities that I like to watch. So, let's see. Here's a couple shoutouts. These these count as my social media shoutouts for okay. the day. Okay. Like um, the vegan cyclist mm-hmm. makes a lot of videos. Some of them are very good. Some of them are a little clickbaity. But I overall I like his videos. They're good. Um, They're hit or miss. Cycling Cam is a really interesting one. He's a, a British racer. racer. 
Oh, really? And he does like I don't yeah, know how he has the energy for these vlogs because he trains like a ton and he races a lot. That's probably why though, is because he doesn't do anything but train. Yeah, I think he works a little too. Yeah, I don't know, really know, but his videos are just really high quality, top notch stuff. Um, those are like two that come off the top of my head, and then uh, Francis Cade, who's also like a, a British cycling personality. But I'll look at their videos; they're kind of more semi recent ones, and like a, a high amount of views would be like. 10,000 maybe like it just it's crazy because you look at you know like the the quality is like the same the only thing that's different uh-huh. is generally the topics so uh vegan cyclist his most recent video got 15,000 15,000 okay so like that's yeah. and to me that's still a lot but like yeah the so if you think about it he puts in just as much as time and effort as does somebody that's getting like 5 million views yeah because he, they got a full-time job too and, and they're super good quality Except videos his best video got seven hundred. 123,000 and that was Chris Froome's downhill attack and okay. he, broke it, he broke it down so 720 still though like if you really think about it that's like that was one of the most at the time like one of the most hot the yeah. the talked about cycling topics and then he, he did a video about it and put yeah. in the title yeah I mean that's still a lot but like I, I just think okay like if you look at again like somebody that's a, a paid YouTuber they're getting like multiple millions of views but that's I mean like no no hate no hate on that like that's still really impressive I, it just it's kind of mind blowing like um, how like little cycling matters to most people <laughs> most people yeah, I guess yeah. it's, I think it's, it's picking crazy. up I think this no I, I do to too honest, this, this goes to show that it is picking up his second yeah. best video was setting up his Zwifta, his Zwift setup. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Those are pretty popular videos, actually. I, I think those like those YouTube influencers are actually having a huge effect, though, on cycling. I think they're becoming more broadly recognized by people that are just into watching YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Is like, oh, like bike riding and racing can be kind of cool. You know? Yeah, it's like what we do, but with visual stuff. Yeah, we're bringing bike racing to the masses, and with that. I think we could probably wrap up the podcast. Yeah, I think we can wrap it up. We're at 55 minutes. 55 minutes. So, all right. Well, I give my social media shout out of the week, and I think it's time for you to give yours. Anna, do you want to give one? You don't have to. I'll throw out... um, I'll throw out Mark Cavendish. I really like his Instagram. He's got a good follow. He he yeah. actually he actually it's puts an <laughs> <laughs> he actually Anna's puts a good same. effort into it's like Instagram. So I'll yeah. give him a shout out. Yeah, I I like his. It's pretty good. Yeah. He does a lot of like live Instagram. I'm not gonna lie, too. he he kind of seems like an awkward dad on Instagram <laughs> a little bit. That's what I like about but him. He's, though. But, yeah, <laughs> but he's trying. He's yeah. trying. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, well, we've got some bike races coming up this next weekend. Yeah, we got. I think I got think, two toad races this weekend. I got my mountain bike race, and then next week I got Downer and Tosa, and then you're racing both of those. Yeah, I think this is this is the time period that we we bring the podcast to the people, and we do some some live podcasting. We could probably. From, I was thinking about that too. Maybe Downer. Yeah, I think we should live podcast like the Cat Four race at Downer. Maybe not the Cat 4 race. Okay, maybe a different race. Maybe, like, the women's and the men's. Yeah, we can do that. And we do, like, first, like, like last 10 laps or something. Yeah, something like that. Well, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Nah, I don't know the if only, The only reason that. I say That'd that be is because, I don't know, you can, I just kind of like to watch those. Well, I Yeah, maybe we'll, not. We'll see. You maybe, know maybe we just do, like, a, we'll see. like an end-of-race recap. Something like that. We'll get Live. some. We'll get some pros, stick some phones and mics in their face. We could definitely, we could probably definitely, uh... 
get some pros on there. Yeah, we'll find. They pros. would love it. Yeah, it's it's free, like, hey, we got a podcast. Could, we, could could we just get a quick jaunt from you? Yeah, exactly. So we're I, okay. I'm psyched for that now. So Let's find us it. at some probably janky table with a mic. That'll be us at the yeah, races. There you go. Say hi. We're always. If you want to be on the podcast too, uh, you should definitely come talk to us. We might put you in there. Send us a message on Facebook. You can send us a message on at Facebook. Bike Race Weekly. Bike no Bike Racing Weekly. Oh, on Facebook. I thought that was Twitter. Twitter is Bike Race Weekly. Okay, Bike Racing Weekly on Facebook. Back. Bike Race Weekly on Twitter. That's right. If that's wrong, just switch them around. If you just search Bike Racing Weekly, yeah. we'll probably come up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. We got some YouTube videos. We'll throw up some YouTube videos. Yeah. You got a mountain bike race we could watch. Yeah, I got two. I got, um, yeah, and then um, I'll have my uh, my uh, camera for tomorrow's practice crit, too. Nice. So I'll get some video there. It's Wednesday, by the way. You keep saying tomorrow. Ah, gosh darn it. <laughs> well, well, okay. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, I might be there Wednesday. We'll see. Otherwise... If anybody made it to the end of this podcast, congratulations. It was a bit of a ramble fest, but some people like that. We've been I, getting, I personally like that. If anyone's wondering, we're getting pretty good downloads. Yeah, we've been getting some... People do listen to the podcast. I think we're, we're starting to average around 25 every single uh, podcast. So, person that's listening right now, you're not the only one listening. So, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, Tell we do. Tell your friends about yeah, it. Yeah, we love when people you know? download the podcast, uh, give us reviews, uh, like us, subscribe to us. You know, it's just uh, it's a fun way to talk yeah. about bike racing. And every single, we're pretty pumped about every single view we get. Yeah, you don't even have to like us or subscribe to us. If you just download, just, it makes us happy. Yeah, just download, downloading it makes us happy. Download. So don't stream it, download it. There you go. Yeah, there we go. That's what we're going to leave you with today. All right. Um, we'll be name, back my, next week with the two weeks of Toad. Two weeks of Toad. We're going to do some podcasts about Toad, at Toad, with people from Toad. Maybe the crew at Toad. I don't know. It's going to be an exciting two weeks. We hope that you guys come along for the ride. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks for listening.